grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My dear fellow redeemed, at events like the Miss America beauty pageant, contestants will be asked questions like, what do you hope to accomplish with your life? Common answers include putting an end to world hunger or solving issues of poverty and homelessness or bringing about world peace. So how's that going? Especially that last one. Are you seeing peace in the world around you? We see military conflicts in Ukraine. And don't forget about those other nations like Yemen and Ethiopia and Sudan and a myriad of other nations that are also engaged in armed conflicts. Or just think about what the answers you get when you ask someone how their day or their life is going. You might hear, it's busy. There's so much hustle and bustle in the world around us. Is that what peace looks like? Or think about politics, or your job, or your family life. When I look at the world around us, I see that we have a need for peace. Today, in our gospel lesson, we see Jesus bringing us peace, true peace. This is peace that crushes all doubts, even the doubts that Thomas had. This is the peace that crushes our unbelief and replaces it with Christ's peace and with joy as we now get to share that message with others. We can't help but exclaiming with Thomas, my Lord and my God. When those disciples looked at the world around them, they didn't see much, much peace either. That's part of the reason that they're locked away in this room they had witnessed Jesus die at the hands of the Jewish leaders as they abandoned him. And they were likely next on the chopping block. And so they hid. They were filled with fear and doubt. Probably some guilt. And then they received a strange message from some women. These women had gone to the tomb and, well, there was no body of Jesus they spoke to an angel. They even saw Jesus. And, and Peter and John, they also went to that empty tomb. But did those disciples believe those messages? If they did, they were certainly do, doing a good job of hiding it. They had witnessed Jesus die. They had seen that, that stone rolled over the tomb. And here they were, cowering in fear in this room. The message from those women, from Peter and John, it was crazy. It seems like these disciples really didn't know what to believe. And then Jesus showed up. Jesus came to those disciples locked in that room and said, Peace be with you. And all of their fears and doubts and guilt vanished. Those men had their doubt crushed and replaced with peace. They had now seen their risen Lord, and that sounds like a happy ending, except that one person was absent from this appearance of Jesus. Poor Thomas. We are so quick to crush him, but do you ever feel bad for him? 
He's like that one friend who always seems to miss out on the you had to be there to believe it type of moment. He's the kind of guy who goes to get a refill on soda at the movie theater and then suddenly the big plot twist happens and he misses it. Or he's using the bathroom at the baseball game when the player hits the grand slam. You just feel for that kind of person. They, they miss out. They miss out on this amazing event with their crew. They're left in the dark. And Thomas doesn't just miss out on some incredible sports moment or some plot twist. He misses out on seeing Jesus risen from the dead. He misses seeing that body which still bore the marks of crucifixion. And it was crazy. Too crazy. And and those other disciples, they would not let him live it down. They just kept telling Thomas again and again and again that they had seen Jesus We miss a little bit of the nuance in English to that verb in the original Greek. It's a continuous action type of telling. They just keep telling Thomas again and again and again. And it must have driven him just insane. This was too much for him to believe. It seemed like they were playing some sort of joke. They were trying to pull the wool over old Tommy's eyes. It was too crazy. Too crazy to believe. There had to be some other explanation This explanation was far from logical. And then Jesus appeared. Jesus stood among them once again, this time with Thomas present. And he said, peace be with you. And all of Thomas's unbelief, all of that doubt was crushed and replaced with peace. It was the undeniable truth Jesus had come back to life. That guilt of Thomas must have hung so heavy in the air that you could cut it with a knife. Thomas really had no words to say except, my Lord and my God. A simple expression of his faith and hope. Thomas didn't believe. He didn't believe what those other disciples had said to him. But now he knew. He had seen for himself Jesus had come back, and he brought peace. When's the last time that you continuously spoke to the Thomas in your life? If you had a friend who believed something crazy, like that aliens were going to come back and invade the world unless they gave all their money to a certain organization, you would try and tell your friend, that that's crazy. You would do all that you could to try and convince them that this wasn't true. They were wrong. We know many in our lives who don't know the peace of Christ. They don't know what it's like to have that peace come and crush their unbelief, their doubts, their guilts. They're on the path to destruction. We know what it's like to have the peace that those ten disciples had in that locked room. We were once living apart from God. We we were like rocks, stones that were lifeless and dead. We were opposed to God. We made demands of proof. Show us that you're real, God. And then we heard the word. And we received those waters of baptism. All of our doubts and unbelief was crushed. We received peace. We received that forgiveness of sins, and that forgiveness changes everything. We now have peace with God. 
You may have had a moment in your life when you were talking to someone and they were trying to convince you of something, but they just didn't seem very passionate about it. Maybe you can recall a certain teacher in high school, you know, the one who spoke in that monotone, slow voice and just seemed to drone on and on and on. It's hard as a student to really be passionate about the subject when it seems like the teacher is far from it. Those disciples, they didn't receive Jesus' message like that monotone teacher. Verse 20 of our text tells us that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Jesus brought peace, and that peace didn't just crush their unbelief. It ignited and kindled a fire in their heart, a fire of gladness. They had witnessed Jesus die on that cross. They had seen the stone rolled in front of the tomb. They may have thought that joy had vanished forever. And then Jesus came back. He was risen, and that brought them joy. It brought them so much joy that they almost couldn't help but telling Thomas. They didn't need to, but they were compelled to. They had experienced this joy inside them, and now they they shared it with Thomas. It's kind of like when you have that friend who finds out that they're having a baby. They just seem to keep saying the same thing over and over again, talking about the future and the excitement, the anticipation. You might want to tell them, okay, I, I think I've heard this one before. But they just keep sharing that message of joy. We've received that message of joy in our hearts. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And that's a message that changes everything and gives us peace. Jesus didn't need to appear to all of those disciples again. He could have just appeared to Thomas, but he didn't. Instead, he appeared to all 11 of those men, once again, locked in that room. We know that Thomas needed to experience that peace, that we know. But those other disciples were there to witness Jesus' greeting again. They were there to hear those words, peace be with you. You wonder if they ever experienced a moment where they weren't quite enthused about telling Thomas that message. Day after day, they told him what they had seen, and day after day, he denied them. Did they ever wake up and say, not again? There are times when we experience that lack of motivation to share our faith. We get tired. We have moments where we're frustrated with people who won't believe. There are times when we're just flat out lazy and apathetic towards sharing that good news. It's in those moments where we need Jesus' peace in our lives. We need to remember that relationship that we have with our Lord and our God. We need to see Jesus risen from the dead. It's that peace and joy that motivates us to share that good news with others. And we don't just experience the inward dilemmas and struggles as we share our faith. We know that, those, that there are those outside who are trying to oppose us. But Jesus didn't bring us peace so that we could turn and run as soon as we faced opposition. Think about those disciples in our first reading for today from Acts chapter 5. It took place just a short time after our gospel lesson. These disciples, they kept talking about Jesus with Thomas, with those who believed, and with many who didn't believe. And things often looked far from joyful. 
Many never believed what they said. They would be thrown into prison, beaten and bloodied. They were told to never speak about Jesus ever again. And yet they kept preaching. They kept teaching about Jesus because he was the one who had brought them peace. We run into opposition in our lives as we share that peace with others. There are some who might turn down spiritual conversations or just display general spiritual apathy. Whatever is good for you, just don't try and convince me. Or maybe there are those who take a look at the world around us. They see all the hardship and the fear and the selfishness. And they say, if God was real, there'd be peace here. There'd be peace that would stay. Those are difficult words for us to digest. Because sometimes we experience those doubts too. We don't always feel that peace of Christ dwelling in our hearts. There are times when we doubt God and we doubt his promises and plans for us. It's in those moments where we need to return back to the basics, that message, that simple message of peace for us. It was Jesus who came down from heaven and joined us in a world that looks far from tranquil. And it was Jesus who never doubted as he did the will of God, going all the way to a cross to die for our sins. It was Jesus who rose victorious from the grave, to banish all doubt from our hearts, to fill us with that peace and that joy from knowing him. When we look inward for our comfort, like the disciples looked inward, they found nothing but fear and guilt. It wasn't until they saw their risen Lord that they were filled with that peace. We see our risen Lord and all of our skepticism, all of our fears and anxieties are driven out and they're replaced with joy. So much joy that we want to tell everyone that we know all about the peace that we've received. We tell our fellow believers who are struggling with doubts. We tell the Thomas in our life who just seems like they'll never come to faith. And we tell those who have yet to hear about Jesus. We spring up that message of joy that comes from Jesus and we share it with those in our lives. It would be good for there to be an end to all the pain in this world. We'd love to end world hunger. We'd love to solve issues of poverty and homelessness. We'd love for there to be world peace. But it doesn't seem like we're doing a very good job of that right now in the world around us. Even if we did manage to accomplish those almost miraculous feats, Oh, we'd still have to deal with our inward struggles. We'd still have those personal fears of failures, burdens of busyness, anxiety about our own personal existence. We know that we need peace. We're like the disciples locked in that room, afraid, terrified, guilty. And then Jesus comes. Jesus comes to us and says, Peace be with you. When all of our fears are driven out, our anxiety is replaced with joy. We can't help but exclaiming with Thomas, my Lord and my God. Amen. And the God of peace himself grants you peace at all times and in all places.
Amen. Please stand as we confess our faith according to the words of the Nicene Creed, found on page 13. We believe in one God, the Father, the